How's everybody doing tonight? I heard two bless and I heard a clap. Come on now. All righty. How many love the rain? All right, because if you're not thankful, we'll go back to where we were last year. Okay. Oh, yeah. We were praying for rain. Now we got rain. Okay. So be happy. Don't worry. Be happy. Isn't that a song somewhere? Anyway. Anyway, I want to walk you to part two to Life of Victory. I didn't write that song. Anyway, that guy only wrote one song. Uh, and this one is entire. Last week I gave you an intro and I gave you a lot of notes. This time I'm going to narrow it down. It's about knowing your enemy. And we're going to spend about three, two years on Life of Victory because I believe we need to know who we are and whose we are and what God know, we know about God. But uh, know the enemy. And what we're going to, I told you last week, what we're doing is actually studying our adversary. Because I mean, I believe we have an adversary. Okay. You know, we did a um, study um, just a year ago of our community called Psychographic. And we go over all the texts we take the center of Grace Point Church and we go out at least 15 miles all the way around the city. And it tells us the different population of people and what's going on, what the things they like, the, um, the folks, the age, uh, schools, whatever they're doing. And it gives you a good picture of who's around you and what's going on. And if you didn't know that um, big companies like Walmart, that's why we have two Walmarts, they do the same study. They want to see exactly before they come into a city, they do a study of the people. They go around and they say, okay, what do they like? What kind of shopping? What can we fit here? What could fit this uh, demographic of people? That's why we got two Walmarts. That's why we got two Lowe's. And they were able to say that we can put them right here. And about, we're about to have two Sam's. So Sam's going out on the south side coming up next year. So they study us. And they know our wants. They know our likes, our dislikes. And it's interesting. You think you don't get a survey, but they actually send people out and they ask questions and say, okay. Um, and, you know, they just they know exactly how we shop and how we tick. Well, for us trying to live this life, if you have an adversary who does the same thing to us, knows how we respond to things and how we click, how we move, we should do the same thing to him, don't you think? You want to know how he thinks. So you know how to um, keep from getting caught up in it. Well, this with this study tonight. We're going to do that. We're going to talk about the devil, whose name is Satan, Lucifer, and all that. But I'm going to give you a couple things that really just round it all off. And you'll recognize it when you hear it. And then I'm going to show you how to keep from getting caught by the enemy because he doesn't change the tactics. He does the same thing over and over again. And the two things I'm going to share first are the things that hit us the most. And some of you are probably sitting out here dealing with it right now. How's that a dramatic intro? Let's look at it. There's a couple things. The life of victory. Know the enemy. First thing I recognize when you read the Bible, you recognize that the devil, and we always say that, we always sing songs about him, he's a liar. The guy lies. He is a liar. And then I found a scripture 
that fit that label. Out of John chapter 8, 44. And this is Jesus. Now, this is Jesus talking nicely to the leaders, the religious folks. He always liked to talk nicely to them. And you never want to be on the end of the way Jesus is talking to them. He says, you are the father. uh, You are of your father, the devil. Wow. And your will is to do your father's desires. Man, he was a murderer from the beginning and has nothing to do with the truth. Because there is no, what? Someone say it. Truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character. For he is a liar and the father of lies. That's number one. The devil is a liar. And a lot of us struggle on the lies that he tells us. And when we believe, you know when power, becomes, a lie becomes powerful is when we believe it. When we agree with it. See, there's power and agreement and unity on the good side, positive side. But on the negative side, if you agree with it, there's power. Like power, you know, like a line like, you know, some of you might have heard, well, your mom didn't do much, your dad didn't do much. I don't count on you doing much. Or, you know, you're um, 40-something years old. You haven't accomplished anything. You're not going to accomplish much. Or one of the great ones you hear, um, this is all life is. Nothing greater than this. How many have heard those things? How many hear them on me almost every other day? Yeah. Who do you think is speaking that? That's what he does. The enemy. Yeah. I mean, okay, guys, tonight, don't be shy because I raised my hand too. Before you get up here, hey, man, I'm not going to listen to this crap. Are you crazy? You stupid. I say, yeah, you're right. I guess I'll go home. I agree with the lie, right? See? That's what it is. He's a liar. Okay, number two. He is a schemer. A schemer. That means he has plans and he thinks and he figures out how can I stop you? How can I change you? How can I make you render you ineffective? Wow. Those are Second Corinthians two eleven. So that we would not be outwitted by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his what? Designs, his plans, his schemes. Remember I was talking about researching and trying to discover whatever the scheme is, how he thinks. Those are two main areas, folks, that either one of us can get caught up with the enemy. Lies. Who told you that you're not champions? Who told you you're not victorious? Who told you you're not victorious in Christ? Who told you you have a bad family tree? Who told you you'll always have problems all your life? Who told you that? I don't read that in the Bible. Who says you're not, who told you you're not a conqueror? 
Who told you you can't do all things in Christ? Who told you your marriage is done, is finished, is, is, in, the, is in the pit? Nothing can come out of it. Nothing can raise, you can't raise it up or nothing. Who told you that? Who told you don't have a destiny? Who told you he doesn't have plans for your life to give you a future and a hope? Who told you that? See? I didn't put this in the notes. But see, the devil cannot create anything. He can only counterfeit it. See, everything was created pure like love, but he counterfeits it, and it's called lust. Can't create anything. So what he did with Adam and Eve, he took what was awesome and pure, and he counterfeited it. Don't believe the counterfeit. Isn't that a song? Well, I need to make that. Don't believe the counterfeit. Oh, someone used to say, don't believe the hype. Anyway, that's old school. But really, it's counterfeit. I have a problem when it says when we introduce people or we people introduce themselves as their former life. They have labels of their past. Hi, my name is so-and-so. I'm an alcoholic. Really? Jesus is your Lord and Savior? Yes. So wasn't that stricken by the blood of Jesus? Yes. Okay, so my name is Mike, period. I used to be one, but I'm not now. Now, I didn't know a 10-step program. I did a Jesus program, which wipes it clean. Come on, somebody. Think about it. The designs is to call you by your, by your past, to call you by your label, to call you by your situation. I'm so-and-so, the divorcee. I don't read that in there. Y'all, y'all sensing that? I'm, about to, I'm beating this horse, but I sense someone needs to hear this. Because what it does, guys, it robs you of your everyday joy that is a birthright from Jesus. The fruit of the Spirit is ours. Love, joy, peace. It robs you of your peace. It robs you of all things because we believe it. Now, I told you the bad news to tell you the good news. Now, here's the good news. There's two, I call them two primary, well, part of the bad news, but two primary showstoppers when we talk about schemes. He uses two things against us, accusation and condemnation. Accusation and condemnation. That's what he uses against us all the time. He accuses us vertically that I have messed up so bad that God the Father, he doesn't want nothing to do with me ever again. Or I have messed up so bad or I'm going through such a hard time. I heard this a few weeks ago. I'm going through such a hard time, I must have done something wrong. Accuses you to God. And then there's the other one, he accuses you horizontal with someone else. Don't even try to go there, because them people are so perfect, they're going to reject you. I better not tell them my issues, because I'll tell you what, 
They're going to judge. They're going to think you're a fool. They're going to just ridicule you. There's a movie we saw. I love it. The devil's good at that. They accuse you to God. They accuse you with other people, cause division. It's a movie we watched uh, called The Absence of Malice. It's got um, Sally Fields in it. I'm not going to, you got to go watch it. You have Netflix, go watch it. Hmm? And Paul Newman. Great flick. I'm going to watch it this weekend. Anyway, it's about one DA who's going after one person but start creating so many things. The person got wind of it. And then he put this plan in motion. And next thing you know, they're in this courtroom. And the one who put it in motion got caught up with everybody else. And the judge asked Paul Newman at the end, he says, uh, looks like you got us. He said this, no, you got yourselves. The reason why I share that story with you, when the devil throws accusation into unity, into the body that we start accusing one another, or we're walking around thinking that person has done something or they didn't do anything, he stands back and says, got them. They got themselves. I'm done. I'm going to the next church. If you're in relationships with people accusing other people, I love what T.D. Jake says, snip it. Cut it off. Because it's the trick of the enemy to divide and conquer. I don't know what they're doing. I don't trust. I don't trust. I don't trust. I don't, I don't know. What you think? You think, well, because you know that guy accusing each other. Then he goes away. Got him. They'll get themselves. I don't have to worry. They'll eat themselves up. We're doing that right now. Every time I turn on the, um, um, I go to a Christian post and there's one denomination going against the other. And they won't agree that they all love Jesus. You know what I mean? So why don't we just agree we love Jesus and all the little differences, but they love to see everyone fight, and then we're ineffective because we're no different than the world, right? Just share all that with you to see how accusation works. And then condemnation, oh, my gosh, we don't feel good enough. Someone says we're not strong enough. We're not smart enough. Or I messed up too far that... I can never accomplish anything. And if I walk in here, how many um, invite someone, a non-believer to church, and their first thing is, if I walk in that church, the ceiling's going to fall in on me. Because they think God's a great judge, but not a father. And sometimes we feel the same way. We feel like God's going to judge me versus love me, which heaps condemnation on us. And Paul dealt with it, too, in, Acts chapter, in uh, Romans chapter 7. Oh, wretched man, who can really deal with how, how? Who can help me? And he starts off chapter 8, verse 1. He says, guess what? There's no condemnation to those in Christ Jesus. No condemnation. We beat us. How many beat yourselves up? You guys, we got a lot of perfectionists that go to this church. I know. We beat up. Hey, if it isn't high and tight, I'm a loser. Who told me that? I love the book by John Maxwell, Failing Forward. <laughs> if I'm going to fail, I'm moving forward. Because who said I failed? If you step out for God. Have you saw the 12 disciples? Would you hire any of them? That's why you can take comfort. <laughs> I do all the time. God don't call the perfect. 
He perfects who he calls. He calls you a leader. He calls you fantastic before you even think or know it. So believe it. I love Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know. That's, those three words are very comforting. For I know. Now, God knows I can take comfort in that. See? And now I went to some card reader down the street. Hey, I know I'm out of here because you might know Friday, but it might change Tuesday, depending on how much I pay you. For I know the plans. When God knows the plans, I'm secure. I don't have to read the rest of the scripture. I just love to hear that. When I get tired and I feel a little, I feel my faith draining, I just go that, for I know. Man, I'm glad he knows. Man, I'm glad he, I recognize he knows. That means I don't know and I'm happy that I don't know. I didn't want to know about good and evil. I didn't want, why do we have to know that? We didn't have to know that. We're in a mess because they want to know about good and evil. I don't want to know. Think about it. And guess what, guys? We're all fall prey to it because he's good at it. He knows how you tick, but you counter it. Like I amended last week, you fight back with truth. Truth is the only thing that can smash lies and schemes. Lies have a power if we believe it. Accusation has a power if we believe it. But truth is the only thing that can smash those two things. And we're going to go to the truth. Now I want to get excited because I'm going to go to the part of the Bible that's going to make you scream. Now if you don't scream, then I'm going to take you over in the corner and I'm going to cast every lie out of you. Because all it is is a lie. It really is. When you hear something, it's too, too good to be true. Yeah, well, God is. He's the only one that exists that's too good to be true. Everything else? Yeah, you might have a point. Amen? Now, let's go to Romans 8, verse 31 to 39. All right. Now, what I'm going to do now, <clears throat> there's nine of them. Nine verses. So since this is Wednesday night, I'm going to do something a little different. I need nine people to just stand up. Nine people. One, two, three, four. Okay. Now, I want each one to grab a verse and read it out loud. Now, put some soul in. Just kidding. Read it out loud, and then we're going to, go, we're going to unpack this. Okay? Who wants to go at 31. Okay, we'll start this way. I got, I got the people that, okay, this way.
Okay, read that again. Read that one more time. I'm getting excited now. Yeah. All right. Come on, 38. Amen. Maybe see it. Isn't that awesome or what? Let's unpack. Yeah. See, this is a powerful scripture. And it's also when you look at when I was doing some of the uh, research on it, it's talking about some of those who are persecuted was talking about something. When you talk about death to life, this is how they thought when they thought when they handled when they had to handle persecution. And this is amazing. They felt if you kill me. It's a win win deal. Because they believed and they knew when they died here, they walked right into Jesus quicker. What a mentality. So they said it's a win-win because if I die here, I get to see my Savior a whole lot faster than you guys will. See ya. You ever recognize the old saints when they pass away, they have a smile on their face? Because they slip from one place to another. And Jesus is grabbing their hand. Think about it. Let's unpack this. Verses 31, it says this. God, oh, you can write these four beautiful words. God is for us. God is for us. Not against us. Not a judge. Doesn't hate us. God is for us. That ought to make you shout. <laughs> Aren't you glad God is not against you? Does the devil always see them say, he does not please with you? I think some of y'all heard that today. He is disappointed in you. You need to do better at what you're doing. No. He says, I'm for you. And then to top it off, verse 34, it says that Jesus is praying for us. Intercession. Isn't that amazing? God is for us and Christ prays for us. Now, if you miss prayer this morning with God, Jesus didn't because he's praying for you right now. Isn't that amazing? We might miss a day, but he never misses a day or time. He's at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. What is he interceding? That you will be all that I have called them to be. He never quits praying for us. See, the covenant has a lot. To do. If Abraham would have failed, God was going to carry it forth anyway because he made the covenant with himself. So don't be just now. You need to get ahead and come up with a lifestyle of prayer. But you got to recognize that Jesus is standing in between you and the Father on your behalf. He know, that's why the Bible will say, he knows exactly what you need. He is praying for you right now. How many get, feel like they're in a situation right now? Right? Be honest. Hey, be encouraged. He's praying for you right now. Can you hear him? He's on the scene, right? He's working on it right now. 
Now, either we believe the Bible or we don't. But that's what it says. I don't think God, ah, I, just, I was just kidding. I'm not really praying for you guys. I'm really trying to see how I can take all you guys out. No. Well, I'm trying to be real with the Bible. Either we believe it or we don't. And in a bad, you have a bad day and you have a hard time, that Bible is the only thing that's going to lift you. People have great words, but if I don't see it in the word, that lifts me up on a bad day. Oh, he's praying for me. Man. Oh, he's for me. Oh, man. If he's for me, who, what, and how? Right? All of us have a story that you shouldn't be here right now. I bet you each and every one of you had an opportunity. God could have, something, not God took you out. Something could have took you out. That's why I always say you're sitting next to a miracle. See? If God is for me, he's praying for me. That's just, I'm just getting started. Now, look at this. No one, nothing or no one can successfully, number one, verse 31, oppose us. Why? Because God is for us. Who can oppose us? You know the word us? Count how many times us is in this, these passages. There's a lot of us is in there. Everyone say, I'm an us. All right. You and us. He's praying for us. He's for us. He's not against us. I love it. Next one. Verse 33. No one can charge us. Who's going to call a charge against God's elect? You can't charge. Been justified. How many know what the word justification means? Justice, you've never done it. You wipe clean. It's free. Now, the devil come up. You know you have this issue with this and this and this and this and this. Yeah, but I've been justified. So if I sit in the courtroom and Jesus is there and the devil's there, guess what? It's been covered. Not guilty. How many deal with guilt? Quite often. You guys are beating yourselves up too much. Not guilty. Not guilty. Who can charge you? There's not a charge that can stick. <laughs> that I can't repent of. Which has been done and what I continually to do. I love it. No charge. Everyone say no charge. No charge. Now, next one. Condemn us. Who can condemn, condemn us? Who? Nobody. I love the song we used to sing. Who is like the Lord? How do you do that? Someone do that. Robbie, how do you do that? You did that pretty good. Nobody. All right. So nobody can oppose us. Nobody can charge us. No one, nobody can condemn us. And nobody can, can separate us. So you got to put a little soul in there. Now you're beating, you're beating the devil up right now. Because when you fill your heart with the word of God, you push out all the negativity and all the in your mind out. Because truth, he doesn't like truth. He tried to attack Jesus. And Jesus gave him what? Truth. I don't care what someone said today. If it isn't the truth, it doesn't measure. And I'm glad I have limited memory. That's one of the blessings of getting older. You don't remember much. Right? Amen. I mean, really, you young people, I, want, I need to know everything. Y'all go ahead and y'all remember everything. I don't remember nothing except what time I'm supposed to eat next. 
that's a good memory. What I had last night, the lasagna, it was kicking. Anyway, I'm, I'm fading back, sorry. Who can condemn us? Nobody. Nobody. Right, Lamar? You know, no one can condemn you, man, because you're Lamar, and you're God's son. Just, that's your scripture. There's no condemnation, man. You fall, you're moving forward. Devil's a liar. Amen? No condemnation. No condemnation. And you know, you didn't miss it either. You didn't, you didn't miss whatever you think you missed. You didn't miss it. You didn't, you didn't mess nothing up. <laughs> you ain't messed nothing up. You, have, you know, you, you have such a um, humble spirit, and God's going to use that. And all this is is a temporary roadblock. But this ain't the wall. This ain't like it's over, okay? It's just a roadblock. It's just a little temporary speed bump like we see out there in, in front of um, the new um, shopping center. It's just a speed bump. So treat it as a speed bump because God loves you. God adores you. He is for you, not against you. He doesn't condemn you. He has grace for you. He lo- I'm telling you, I got to say it a hundred times. You have to take this part of the book right here, and you cut it out, and you put it on your, on your, um, on your mirror. You put it in your car. You put it on the baby carrier. You put it everywhere you need to put that thing to get through what you're going through because you're going to get through it. And the minute you get on the other side, God's going to send someone along your way to help them get through it. So you take that, as it says in the Bible, you take the word and you put it on the doorpost. You put it on those things. Because you didn't miss anything. He loves humility. And these people here, they love you. Don't, don't, think, don't think that they're judging you. Don't think that Keep bugging with me in my issues. No, God put you here so you can get help. And you're getting the right help. And there's no condemnation in getting help. It takes strength to admit you need help. Amen? All righty. Okay. Separate us. Verse 35 says this. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword, as is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are are regarded as sheep to to be slaughtered. And I love this part. I'm going to go to verse 37. I'm going to quit. No, in all these things, not some of these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Him who loved us. Not him who judges us. Him who loves us. Him who loves us. God's saying to some of you here that Walk in the confidence of my grace. In fact, 
One, two, three, four. Second Timothy. One, well, Second Timothy two, two. No, two, one. Walk in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. One, two, three, four. Walk in the grace, the strength, the ability that's in Christ Jesus. Discover that strength and that ability, and you'll be surprised what God has for you. Don't strive to be someone you're not. Walk in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Amen? And believe God, and believe God sends people your way because he loves you. All right? Jesus is strength, not your strength. Because it's frustrating in your strength, right? It's really frustrating. But in Christ's strength, it's a lot of grace. Amen? Because he loves you. I'm going to tell you that. Anyway, confidence that you are a world changer, that you can study anything and everything, and you can focus at any time because it is the strength that's Christ that's in you. Christ is so large in you that you don't even recognize it sometimes. And you beat yourself up so much because you think that I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. And he's saying, I am, I am, I am. And he says, hear the voice of I am, I am, I am, and rest in his grace. Because you are strongly a man of God with giftings. And what you have, you condemn in yourself, but I love it. Because you can see things in all different dimensions that no one else can see. They can see, but it's going to come clear to you. Amen. Amen. All right, it's eight ten. I'm supposed to finish. Okay. All right. Oppose us, charge us, condemn us, separate us. This is what I wrote down. Um, if you're taking notes, if God, the uncreated one, is for us and no created thing can separate us, then our security in him is absolute. If God, the uncreated one, who didn't need help to be created, is for us, and no created thing can separate us, then our security in him is absolute. Why don't we stand? Now, we read, and I want to encourage you, we read Romans 8 pretty quickly but I want to tell you something everything no created thing can stop you okay that was mentioned in there except one thing wasn't mentioned in there and it was you a lie will stop you But God made a way that nothing ever, all things, nothing can stop you, but only you. See, he left you. And he's a gentleman. He wants us to believe him and do great things for him. You worship, you on you ever sing on a worship team? No? You have a trial for the worship team? You want a trial for the worship team? 
You you a worshiper? You don't like you love worship, don't you? It flows out of you, don't it? You sense it. You feel all that, don't you? You're a child for the worship team. Oh, you can sing. No, it isn't about singing. It's about worshiping. When you get in the presence of God, I've seen you worship, and I'm just sensing you worship. It's singing secondary. It really is. It's the worship that's primary, and you're a worshiper. Anyway, let me close. Father, huh? Nah, I believe I'll see you in about a couple months up there. I ain't worried about it. So I got Josh up there. He used to hang out over there. Anyway, <laughs> you are. I mean, anyway, okay, let's go. Father, we just thank you right now. We thank you for your word that encourages us, that strengthens us, but also directs us. Actually, bless everyone here, Lord. Let them believe the truth. And we expel the lies, and we thank you that we are more than conquerors, which means, God, that we have someone fighting on our behalf. And since Christ is our conqueror, he made us more than conquerors. So, Father, I just thank you right now for this night. Bless everyone as they head home. Let them return home safely. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.